Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season four, episode four of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, an episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. Mm-hmm. I am one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costu, along with my good pal, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this Wednesday evening? You just found out some big news. Oh my God! I did. Yeah. No, we were. You I forgot guess, already. I no, I I did. I honestly forgot. Um, no, it it's huge news. Uh, big big thank you to you and and obviously Cat as well. Uh, we're going. Dell and I are going to a Rangers game. Leafs Rangers tomorrow at seven like p.m. You call it a ra- we're going to oh, a Rangers. Well, game. yeah, that's the way I that's the way I see it these days. Um, so I'll get to see laugh number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get to laugh. We'll get to we'll laugh get to a little, little laugh later out. on yeah. because he's in my hot seat at the moment, uh, which is not somewhere I wanted him to be. But uh, who knows? Maybe my presence at this game will reignite his spirit, and uh, and we'll go from there. But I'm I'm super thrilled. Um, it'll be my second NHL game this year, and it'll be the third one in December. Mm. Come December, which unfortunately I'm just now realizing we might not see Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah, I thought which about that sucks, too. But they they gave a time. The day he was injured was exactly three weeks <clears throat> until the game I'm going to, ah. and the estimate was three weeks. Right. So he either right. he either comes. There's a chance. You yeah, know? He comes right on time. My my worry is that they'll probably wait on it and they'll say, "Oh, we'll bring him back in a home game." Like, why go on a road trip and come back mm-hmm. then? You know, I don't know. But, Toronto big game. You yeah. know, I could see him wanting to be back for that one. Is your game before our game? Yeah, two days. Okay, before. good. Yeah, okay. I know. So I know, we got a little bit better chance. Yeah, but no, you'll have you'll have you'll have another evaluation, another chance for Lafreniere to redeem himself in your eyes. <sighs> I'm thrilled. I, honestly, I am. I, I and I don't even know. I don't even know what seats there are, but any any seats will be fine. I'll watch the warm up if I can, just like Ottawa. We'll do that little comparison. If you can get there. in, yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm thrilled about that. I, it's been a while for us too. I feel bad. Um, we've kind of taken a, a bit of a life step away mm-hmm. from from the podcast a mm-hmm. bit. But hey, I'm wearing an Eichel jersey, right? Um, for the last time. For the last time. <laughs> what am I gonna do with this thing? Yeah. Like honestly, I two weeks ago, two three three weeks ago, I got rid of my Taves jersey for all the wrong reasons, and now I'm wearing this Eichel jersey, Eichel number nine. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Do I take a blowtorch to the back of it and try to strip the Eichel name? Yeah, away? yeah. Like, what What are my options? I here? mean, who's number nine? On I mean, I guess here I had this thought. Peyton Krebs <clears throat> is probably going to be number nine on Buffalo because oh. he wore nine in Vegas. So there, if you're mm. a Peyton Krebs fan, you could potentially change the name and uh, and, and have yourself a Peyton Krebs jersey. Okay, so Peyton Krebs aside, let me ask you this. Does this jersey... In any way, and th- mm-hmm. this will be another topic that I get into on the Eichel segment. Does this jer- jersey hold any water at a pond? The Eichel number nine, does it hold any water at all? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, like, uh, it's just such a dud now. Because yeah. of, it's just a dud. It's the way, and I guess this is a nice segue into our in our opening segment here, the lead, brought to you by MGD, Miller Genuine Draft. And Bud. And Budweiser. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it wrapped up in about as poor a way possible if you're a Buffalo fan, you know? Like, what a, what a, what a, uh, what a sour note to go off on. A guy who quits on the franchise, yeah. doesn't, doesn't 
no longer has faith in the vision of the team, the trajectory of the team, right. doesn't want to be along for it, and straight up goes to management, goes to ownership and says, I don't want to be here. Like honestly just says, I don't want to be here. Right. And I, yep. for th- like frankly, if that's the way it closed out, I don't think that jersey should hold any clout on a pond. You know, no, jerseys exactly. on the pond are meant to be the legends, the legends of the game, the guys who succeeded the franchises, the ones who brought them to cups. Yeah, this is the this is not that, you right. know, and, right. and, in, and in fact, this guy is like, I'm actively rooting against this guy now. This guy, but you're a Vegas. This guy, guy is the Kevin Durant of the NHL. Wow. He's like, I'm like, I can't win. I can't win with this team. I don't I, I'm just going to whine and whine and whine. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm just going to sign with the loaded team, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Golden State Warriors, and I'm going to finally win it all. Right. And that seems like the kind of thing he's doing, you know? Right. I'm going somewhere warm. Somewhere they're going to treat me like a king, which they did with the whole limo thing. Sure. And, sure. and, and, and somewhere I got a real shot <clears throat> at winning here. And, and that's, what, that's, what, that's what happened. Yeah. You, you, come on. You, I know Calgary was in the discussion and we can get to them. Yeah. But do, you, do you think on the inside he was actively rooting, oh, Calgary? I'd be down for Calgary. I don't think so. No, gosh, He had no. Vegas on his mind from the get-go. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. think Elliot Friedman said that. So in a long-winded way, no, that you cannot wear that to a pond. No, that's the thing. I, it's either being shipped off or, or altered because... You got it out yeah. of winners, so it's not like you, you lost much, you know? No, exactly. I got it for 40... Yeah, exactly. 45 bucks, but... Uh, yeah, you know what you you did. You shed light on that that little comment that Jack made when they the Buffalo Sabers mentioned they were thinking of doing a retool or rebuild um, right before the whole Taylor Hall signing and that kind of thing. And Eichel was just went up to management and said, "Hey, listen, guys, uh, I'm not on board with this." My question is, uh, and it's kind of an on the spot question, but can you think of another star player who's gone through a similar situation and either a done the same thing or b waited it out? and been patient because let's be honest buffalo has faced unprecedented failure since he he was drafted the other question you bring up is okay is he part of that of course he's part of that he's part of the failure you know they didn't make it to the playoffs in any any of his years he's part of that for sure but uh, i'm just trying to think of any other star player in this league in the last 20 years where they faced five years of near basement level failure and what happened? I really can't. I can't think of one. I not I'm, as the one. The first one that comes to my mind, and it's not. He's not nearly the star that um, Eichel is. Mm. But the, he had the same kind of effect in the fan base, where he was very, you know, he was a productive player, but mm-hmm. seemingly just the market wasn't a fit for him. And then, and then he went to a very good team, and he went on to win a cup. And it's a local town, local flavor. Uh, and you might laugh. But and again, not as good as Eichel, uh, Phil Kessel. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. he was a when <clears throat> Phil Kessel came to Toronto, that was that was supposed to be a big deal, you know. Right. Like very good player. He's gonna put up forty goals, you know. Yeah. And and the and the, and it, the those years with the Leafs were awful, right? Yeah. Just failures. They the were the dark days. The Dion Phaneuf days. Yeah. Right. Hard to and watch. Hard, hard to, to watch. watch. Yeah. And 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 it's just <clears throat> this weird relationship with the fan base. Like really productive player, but hot dog doesn't really maybe doesn't want to be here yeah. you know and you kind of knew you weren't winning with this guy you kind of knew yeah and it was only a matter of time <clears throat> right. and then he go and then he, they ship him off instant fit with pittsburgh yeah two cups two cups, 
two cups. So maybe this is that same trajectory. I can't yeah. think of I, you're putting me on the spot here. I, I know. Pro- I can and probably I can't think, think of, of a better either. one. But that's that's just the one that Cause comes to Because you have to, to think like how many teams have been losers like the Sabres and there's not many. The Leafs are one of them. Um, and then having a star for that long. So that kind of leads me into my Taylor next Taylor Hall's qu- another one, but sure. that 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 well, you that, know, yeah. he kind of he really dropped off. You know, but what? he was an MVP, you know? That's MVP. right. That's right. I guess you could that would be a fair question if the the Edmonton Oilers of the 2010s to mm-hmm. 2015, they were a gong show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to tell me that a Taylor Hall or a even a Jordan Everly in, in a lesser extent came to management and demanded a trade like like Eichel did and said, hey, I'm not on board with this, then I would have been, yeah, I would have been surprised. But they, I don't think they did that, to my knowledge. I think Taylor Hall was shipped out uh, organically, mm-hmm. um, and that was just a product of wanting a defenseman. So it, it's an unprecedented situation in that sense. Um, and it's just, I mean, there's a lot of just nuance to this and uniqueness to it in, in general. But uh, yeah, I mean, Hey, so we'll go over the deal here. Cause we didn't sure. do that. Jack Eichel. This is what the Knights receive in the Eichel trade. They get Eichel in a conditional third round pick. The Sabres get Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs and conditional draft picks. These are the conditions. If Vegas's first round draft pick in 2022 is not a top 10 pick, uh, following the draft lottery, Vegas will transfer its own first-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft and its own second-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft to Buffalo. Mm. Buffalo will then transfer its own third-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft to Vegas. And the other stipulation, if Vegas's first-round pick in 2022 is a top-10 pick following the draft lottery, Vegas will transfer its own first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft and its own second-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft to Buffalo while Buffalo will transfer its own third-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft to Vegas. That's a lot to wrap your head around, is it not? As we uh, adjust our camera here, given we are on YouTube yet again. Um, yeah, so no, there, there you go. It, it's a mouthful to hear, and, and, and to me, what I take from that is uh, the pick is top 10 protected in, in 2022. And to me... That's where Buffalo gets fleeced. They get they get rinsed on this deal in that sense. I don't like the fact that it's top 10 protected um, because let's be honest, this is going to be the only year that Vegas could potentially finish in the bottom 10. And I think that, you know, you have the star player. You have the Jack Eichel of the deal. Like, Which is a ridiculous... get that. Okay, but that, that's ridiculous. Vegas finishing in the... In the t- <laughs> hey, it could happen. Okay. All these injuries, you never know. Like, it, it could happen. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just one of those stipulations where it's like you just look like a, a little bit of a clown coming out with that top ten protected, not in your favor. Um, outside of that, to me, this is a mediocre return. I'm sorry, like I'm I'm shocked this was the best. You liked you it had. at first. It's on I, the I it's on the it ring first Twitter. I liked it. At, I only like it from the Buffalo Sabers perspective because I like the Buffalo Sabres outlook, the deal in a vacuum, not considering everything else. I mean, we have to, we have to, cons- cause I'll be honest with you. The 2022 NHL draft has, has waned on me a little bit. It hasn't been the, the star power draft. Yeah, I, 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 I imagined it would be. Things are moving a lot in that draft. I don't know what Peyton Krebs is yet. You know, he, he's still trying to find his, find his, sh- his footing in the AHL in Rochester. 
Uh, I love Alex Tuck. I think Alex Tuck is going to be a huge loss for Vegas, to be completely honest. When I was watching Alex Tuck in the playoffs last year, he was a standout, standout mm-hmm. player. Versus Montreal, I would have taken Alex Tuck over Mark Stone any any day of the week. He was lights out. He was like a Josh Anderson out mm-hmm. there. So they're going to miss him big time. But uh, the thing for me, for Buffalo, what I wanted was that true blue chip prospect. I just don't know if Krebs is that guy. I don't know. You might have a different opinion on that. I just don't know if Krebs is that bona fide this yeah, guy's likely no. going to be a first line player. That's no. what I'm that's what I'm getting at. No, uh, yeah. Like if you trade Jack Eichel and we prognosticated about this before the trade, right? It's either got to be like high picks, like really high picks or blue chip star prospects. Yeah. And when we say blue chip stars prospects, we're talking Bowen and Byram. Exactly. That, that, we're talking that, a top you 10 know, caliber. Top two defenseman or a, or a top line center. Correct. And Correct. Krebs might not be that. I know his comparison of the draft was Ryan O'Reilly. That's what got me excited. Mm-hmm. But if that's your peak, if Ryan O'Reilly's your peak, like the absolute highest yeah. attainable player you can get, a guy yeah. who's only going to get 65 points a year. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Right. You know? And he's, a, yeah, I mean, he's a cup winner. And I think they'd be thrilled if Krebs is, is O'Reilly. They'd be thrilled. But that's best case scenario. I think that's best case scenario. I, I don't know. I, I look at Krebs and I don't see a dynamic standout quality. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. he's got a great character. He's got a great yeah. motor. I think he's two way game. For the culture, for mm. the culture in Buffalo, which I think is going to be just sure. as important as anything, yeah. this is a great step. Yeah. I'm wildly interested in the Cousins Krebs connection. Because you're going back to the WHL draft in 2019, all that kind of stuff. I love that about it. World Junior Connection as well. Um, but, you know, that's maybe where Buffalo's failing is, is not getting that blue chip. Which, yeah. you know. And lots of people would argue, as, as much as you like Alex Tuck, for a guy, who, you know, you just saw him in the playoffs. For a guy yeah. who watched Vegas all regular season, Alex Tuck was a third-line player all year. Sure. He was. He was. Yeah. Deny, you can't deny it. Yeah. So, so in a small vacuum in the playoffs, was he great? Sure. You know, he was elevated to the top line in the playoffs. Yes. But yeah. yeah. You know, throughout the whole year, he was a he was a third line guy who had a great motor. He, he was a good energy guy. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. he's like Zach Hyman. You know. Right. Like right. Alex Tuck is like Zach Hyman, which is extremely valuable. Yeah. But extremely again, valuable. is it is it Eichel worthy in a trade? No. You're, no, you're getting it, Zach Hyman. You're getting <clears throat> at his best Ryan O'Reilly, and 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 what a uh, uh, a first and and it's likely gonna be what like a twenty yeah twenty fifth or whatever twenty five. So I again I don't I agree with you. Buffalo didn't get what they wanted, but it sounds like it was all they could get. And that being said, it's not a bad return. Like I don't want to I don't want to mix it up and say it's a bad return. It's it's a it's a fairly decent return. And then but then it just kind of makes you wonder, couldn't you have done this a little earlier, you know? Like that's what kind of bugs people yeah. and I totally get that, but uh what I want to turn to is the Buffalo Sabres outlook in general. And you know I'm very passionate about this yeah. particular fact. We can talk about the Sabres, the Knights and the Calgary. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, so Buffalo's now got obviously Krebs um marinating they sent him right to the ahl which i think was a fantastic move 
Um, the Buffalo Sabres themselves are now starting to plummet like we thought they would. Uh, they're coming back down to earth after mm-hmm. that great start. But uh, I want to highlight my boy Jack Quinn here. I got to take this right on the chest and say, you know, I called this guy as soon as they drafted him. He's going to be a great player. Um, this guy is basically leading the AHL in, in goal scoring and points. Wow. He's got 16 points in 11 games. Good. Uh, which is fantastic. It translates to a, an excellent NHL projection. The best thing about, and I'm watching all the highlights, he looks like what he did in his draft year. Like people have kept saying, is this guy one hit wonder? His, his rookie year in the OHL wasn't anything to, to sniff at. And he was playing. The big news was, oh, he's second line behind Rossi. You know, he's facing mm. second defenseman pairings. Like, we don't know what this guy is. Late bloomer. Guess what, guys? He's, do, he's at the professional level lighting up the AHL at the age of 20. Like, he's, he's arrived. He's legit. The release is unbelievable. Yeah. I've sent you some clips. And, I've seen the clips. You know, it, it's amazing. And what I love about this is... He's a guy who's developing his confidence. He's working on his craft. He's the number one guy down in Rochester, which I think is fantastic. It's exactly where he's taking a... Buffalo is finally taking the Detroit page uh, of, of development, and they're using it on their players now. Wow. Case in point was Krebs. Case in... Another point. This is a massive, massive deal. This is extremely rare. You draft Owen Power first overall, right? Big, brawny defenseman probably can step into the NHL right away. You allow him to take his time at NCAA. When does that happen with first overall picks? It has, It's almost yeah. never happened in the last decade. Almost never happened. Mm-hmm. We let this guy go back to NCAA to play on a stacked University of Michigan team. He's got 18 points in 12 games. Last year, do you, you, know, you know how many game, how many points he had last year in total as the number one overall pick defenseman in the NCAA? Total points. 18 16 he's already passed it he are he's already passed his fucking last year's total this was the absolute right move for the guy there was tons of doubters at the draft mm-hmm. oh this guy some people had him at seven this is absolutely not yeah. a consensus pick owen power looks like the real deal jack quinn's the real deal peyton krebs we've, we've got a long history there we love cousins we love cousins like he and he's heating up too actually is Dalene Dal- a no-show is he done or what so that's a great that's a great point because if anyone is challenging laugh for most <laughs> disappointing first overall pick, it's Darlene, man. Yeah. Darlene had that great rookie year and now he looks like a lost sheep out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a problem. Like this is Buffalo's new biggest problem. Mm. Eichel's gone now. You have to look at Darlene and I, and Buffalo fans are already ready to give up on the kid, which is terrible to say. Mm. This was supposed to be the Nicholas Lindstrom of of defensemen mm. and and he looked like it for one year. It's a troubling situation, but I and they still got the middle stack kid. Is that right? They have middle. So stat. he was rushed, but he's back he was developing, rushed. right? He was rushed. Where is he now? In Rochester or Buffalo? No, he's in Buffalo. He he's okay. a he's a top six center right now okay. in Buffalo. Well, he was highly touted too. Don't forget about that. He was highly touted. He was rushed, and he was in he was out of the high school system. Mm-hmm. He was out of the the American high school system. So he um, he was certainly rushed. Um, and I you know what I just I just think that Buffalo needs to bottom out for another year, but just hold on tight and know th- good things are around the corner. Yeah, they're still scoring goals. Like the culture, you can tell there's a there's a yeah. bit more of a zip in the air. The coach is good. They the like coach the coach. Is good. Everyone's just sort Ray of Ray Ferraro's brother-in-law, by the way. Is he really? Mm-hmm. 
I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But they, yeah, they, they're exciting. It, it's a team well within my radar. Um, and I think they're just going to be fantastic. I think what you need to, the key here is keep the kids down in the AHL. As much as it's going to be painful to, for the fans, because you want to sell tickets. Let's be honest, ownership is right up against it. You need to sell tickets. And the guys who are going to sell tickets are in Rochester, which hurts. I get it. But uh, Kevin Adams has to keep his foot down and say, this is best for the organization. And this is what we're going to do. This is the new era. Like This is mm-hmm. the, the post-Jack Eichel era. And um, hopefully they dig themselves they, out of they, the grave. they got to be now number two behind L.A. as far as prospect systems in the league, no? <sighs> if not the I, best. If not the best. Like... I, so let me ask you, did, like, how's Turcotte doing? I haven't heard I, Pete I from haven't, Turcotte. I, I haven't been following. But, uh, no, I mean, they've always been the gold standard the last three years or so, L.A. And and I think rattling off these names with you at the table, it definitely makes me scared. It definitely makes me realize, hey, this this Buffalo team's got some clout. Uh, the, 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 the players marinating in the system are, uh, are, are definitely talented here. So I, I, I think it might be a tie between those two, to be honest with you. And we've yet to see Byfield. Yeah, there's so many unknowns with both teams. That's why it's tough to say here. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, I'd say those are the, the, definitely the two. Like, there's no other... Like, the Rangers used to be there, and now a lot of those kids have grown up, right? They've graduated, so, so, yeah. So I think yeah. it's Buffalo, it's L.A., those are the gold standards. Yeah, and we're seeing we're we're seeing the fruits of Detroit now, mm-hmm. right? You know, come into That's, come into yeah, fruition, which has oh. been like who who mm-hmm. saw that coming, right? Like it's quick, you know, Cider was a reach at six or whatever he was, and we're all just like, oh, what's going on? But this is Eiserman finally taking mm-hmm. the reins, right? And then you know the twenty twenty draft comes around, they lo- they are the worst team in the league. They lose out on number one overall. They get bumped all the way down the road to four. We and we chirped their pick. We sort of did. did. We sort of did. did. Yeah. No, there was. We some, thought there was a better pick out there at four, and they there did. were questions yeah. for sure. But here's what so confusing about prospect development, like what I don't understand. Lucas Raymond couldn't crack a top six role in his draft year in the SHL. He couldn't. He he put up paltry numbers in his draft plus one year last year. How the fuck does he walk into the NHL and put up point per game? Mm-hmm. How does that happen? It doesn't make any like sometimes this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't blame these fucking scouts for getting things wrong. Because mm-hmm. how can you predict that? Mm-hmm. You can see the skill set, sure. But if his own coaches in the SHL yeah. can't find him minutes, yeah. how the fuck do you walk onto Dylan Larkin's line mm-hmm. and put up a point per game? It's yeah, perplexing. It's, it's absolutely it really perplexing is. to me. But that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, shall we move to the worst prospect pool in the NHL? The Penguins? No, the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. Ah, yes. They're very close, yeah. though. <laughs> so they win the trade. That goes without saying. They get the best player in the trade. They, I mean, it's often said, if you get the undisputed best player in the trade, you won the trade. And, uh, and I don't disagree with that in this instance. I think they got the best player and they didn't give up what we expected. You know, they, they'd, they'd have to give up. They only, I mean, they gave up all they had, but, you know, they're, they're, they're left with basically no prospect system. You know, so, so, so Krebs is gone now. Uh, Suzuki is gone. Glass is gone. Um, the kid who went, the defenseman to Ottawa. 
is Brandstrom. gone. Brandstrom's gone. Everyone's gone. Krebs was the last prospect they had. The big one. The big one. And they they're all nothing. gone. They're nothing. all in. They they don't they won't have a pick. You know, in the first round. Um, they're they're all in now. They've traded everything they have, and and this is it. This this is finally it. So what what do you think? Am I right? Is this the is this is this undisputably the the, the least likable team in the league now? Uh, generally or personally? Generally. Generally. That might be Carolina, but uh, yeah, no. Generally, yes, because. What we've seen from them is a lack of loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's been the storyline behind Vegas. Like when you get there, you're treated like gold, but then you're shipped out mm-hmm. willy nilly, no loyalty whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also the team that came in and got maybe more than they deserved too early. So, and then you've got this Jack Eichel character who, you know, you and I may have our qualms with. Murph. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're unlikable, sure, but w- you know they're they're intriguing for sure. Like they're they're not unlikable in the sense that they're like Arizona, where I just have no interest in watching them. I'm truly fascinated with this team. Truly, well, you're more fascinated now. You're a Nike oh, fanboy. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're like, gonna stay up and watch the, these Vegas games. I'm gonna t- <laughs> when he comes back. I'm tuning. Yeah, in. you're tuning like, in. I'm tuning. You're in staying for up at sure. 10:30 to watch a 10:37 puck drop. So that's pushing it. That's I'm just saying that's the only way to see the Eichel now. I know. Yeah. And so, so what do you expect? What do you expect? Is it going to be a perfect marriage? Is he going to take over on that top power play and, and pick, get his spot and he's just going to fucking distribute the puck and look, and look good? Or is it going to take some time? Are him and Pete DeBoer going to get in some yelling matches? What do you think is going to happen? To be completely honest... I think he's going to fit right in. And really? he's going to be a star. Wow. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I think he's going to walk onto that team and be like, I'm playing with Mark Stone. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and I think, like, okay, uh, like rustiness aside, he's going to be a bit rusty, but I'm saying 10 games in, he's going to be a star. He's going to be like primetime Vegas. He's going to be on the Vegas strip. Him on one side of the, of the power play and Pacioretty on the other side. Two great releases there. You're going to have Mark Stone kind of as your Bergeron in the middle. Yeah. You're going to have Shea Theodore running the point. Oh, it's fucking, and, it's, a, it's an Olympic line. It's like you could see that in the Olympics. Like they've, it's just, they've always lacked that. They've always lacked like an intimidating power play. Correct. They've never had the, the guy to lead the power play, you know? Correct. They, they've always been a, a schmeh power play team. Yeah. And they've never had the first line center. They've always just tossed. Chandler Stevenson out there, yeah, you know? and it was yeah. never it was never a threat. Yeah. And you saw that, that's why they lost to Montreal. They just they couldn't yeah. match up. I was just gonna say, I mean, I, I, you you put Eichel on that team, and I don't know if they have so much trouble scoring mm-hmm. like they did before because it's it's just it's instantaneous it's, offense. It's a shot weapon. It's a speed weapon. It's a playmaker. He does he does it all. He like he's a guy who really does it all. Like and that power play, the shot on the power play alone will be game changing. Mm-hmm. Game changing. Yeah. Um, so I see it a marriage made in heaven. So they, few few holes on that team. Few like, holes, uh, but they have to get there. Like they have to get into playoff contention. Mm-hmm. And and don't get me wrong, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for the team once he does come in. But uh, they have to be close. They have to be in sniffing distance. Mm-hmm. And then and it's t- it's easier. It's it's harder. 
it's easier said than done this year because you have some surprise teams that are in, in that division, right? Like yeah. Calgary all of a sudden is this juggernaut. Yeah. You know? It's very strange. Edmonton is Edmonton. And then you have these, you know, the Ducks are a surprise, you know? The Kings yeah. just won seven in a row. Like, yeah. like yeah. There's going to be... A, they're they're not the in a playoff. They're not in a playoff spot right now. As of right now, Vegas yeah. is not in a playoff spot. One of the California teams is going to is gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. So, yeah, they've got their work cut out for them. And um, they better start... They better get going here. Because you, you lost Alex Tuck. Mark Stone's out till I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Leonard yeah. hasn't looked like a Vesna Exactly. Candidate. They have very few holes. Like defense... And now the forwards, it's basically like holeless. Yeah. But the goaltending is probably the biggest flaw. Right. You lose flurry. You don't have a you don't have a cushion. Right. And if Leonard falters, which he hasn't been great, and I've never been a Leonard believer, yeah. uh, you are you're not gonna win. Who is their backup? Laurent Brassois. Okay. Yeah. Competent. He's, he's played a couple games this year. Competent he's backup. Been, he's been okay. Yeah. But competent yeah, backup. yeah, competent backup, but like that's all he is. He's a backup. Yes, he is. He's not there to split starts, you know. Yeah. So that's that's their hole. I don't know if they'll I don't know if they'll address it or not. There's few things they can do because you're so handcuffed with salary, right? Yeah. Like when he gets when Eichel comes back, they're gonna have to do something because mm-hmm. right now he's not on their payroll because he's I guess he's on LTIR or whatever. Yeah, and um, well, we and we should give the update that he did have the surgery. Mm-hmm. Surgery went great. Get this: the, the surgery took an hour. Wow! All this, all this talk. Surgery for, took yeah. an hour. He walked out. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's insane. Unbelievable. But yeah, the surgery took, and he'll be on the ice in December. Literally, ho- hopefully back in March. Is that right? Correct. Okay. On the ice in December, not ready for game time until something somewhere around the Olympic break. People were speculating, oh, he'll be back. There's no, no, he's not going to the Olympics. It's a ridiculous notion. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully when the Olympics are done and NHL resumes, that's when we're targeting a return. Hopefully. Wow. hopefully. What, so, a, what a night that'll be. That'll be a big night and we'll be tuning in mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be great. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, and the final team, uh, Calgary Flames, the runner-ups. Uh, how much did you buy into this narrative? Did you believe it for a second or no? No, I. It just it came out of nowhere. It was random as hell. I don't. Th- I don't see the fit. I. I don't believe the narrative. No, I think that was like a Buffalo media member spraying mm. things up. Because mm. like, you know, if whenever you make a final deal with a team, that other team has to believe there's another team fighting for this player, or, or else there's no way to drive the price up. I think Calgary was just that scapegoat. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all. Yeah. But Hey, it would have been and nice the, for them to get, no, I don't know. Like, would it have been nice to get Matthew Kachuk? It just makes no sense. Make the, sense. The, the deal made no sense. Calgary's never been a top prospect team. No, they've always if had you, a no, middling prospect pool. Never so had if a you don't have notable. great prospects and you're considered a, a playoff team, that's not really going to have a <clears> bottom pick. What are you giving up? Yeah, and in this so, case, the rumor was Kachuk, but like, right? Why would you give up? Why would you give up like the face of your franchise? You yeah, know? and does it make sense for Buffalo time, like w- timing wise? I think I'd rather have a to- a good prospect and and a first rounder if I'm in the Buffalo Sabers position. So, yeah. yeah, that didn't make any sense. But uh, on that note, we'll take a quick break. We'll get our our refreshments, and we'll be back in just a jiff. Camera? 
let, let the let the recording mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just go back. Hmm. It somehow says it's fucking card full, but the fucking card is not fucking full. David Goal or Jeremy Colleton fired? Yeah. Well, Athens Shane and later after that. Then we. The situation exists where this might run out of uh, juice. Memory. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying whatever you want to get, whatever one you might make for good video content done right now. So maybe laugh? Let's do laugh. Okay. Well, moving from uh, one number one overall pick to another number one overall pick, uh, it's time for another edition of the uh, the laugh track, a, uh, a a a a a signature topic here on the uh, oh, Rink Moose podcast. Um, huge news in our fantasy pool: you have formally, <laughs> officially, given up on your star. Your keeper, one of your three keepers, is no longer on your team. The untouchable pillar that was Alexi Lafreniere is now sitting in the waiver wire with five points this this year. So explain what went wrong. What was the thought process? What the hell is going on here? What can I say? What can I say to defend this character? What I... what. Here's what bugs me the most. So let me let me get into the play. First of all, I've I've watched almost every Rangers game this year. Kept him as a fucking seventh rounder. I was really jazzed up to see how do you how he how he had improved. Um, and I kid you not, he has absolutely taken a step back this year. From his rookie year, he has absolutely taken a step back. And what does that tell me? As a, and I love the kid to death. Don't get me wrong. I would I would. I want nothing but success for the guy. But when you look at the play, first of all, you can look at the stats. Anyone can look at the stats and say, this is not good. He's on a worse point per game pace than last year. And then you look at the actual game. So now I'm using the eye test. Um, and I sent this to you guys a couple weeks ago. He has not created a goal for this team all year in like 15 games. All of his goals, he's got five of them, have been tap-in goals. All created by... Either luck or the play of another. Uh, that Montreal goal was is a I good example. I saw the one last night, the couple is nights ago. It's just a garbage goal. It was sitting on the line. Exactly. So he's tapped in five goals, which maybe shows a bit of hockey sense to be in the right place and the whatever. I don't sure sure. He's got one assist, Nick. This is the top playmaker of the draft. A, some would say generational hockey sense. How do you have one assist and it's and it's a secondary? He's assist? on the fourth line. 
He's on the third line. He's playing bottom six minutes. I what know. Do you, what I do get you that argument. I told, and I'm there for it. Hey, I want the minutes. But he had top line minutes from the start of the year. He didn't do anything with it. He didn't do anything with it. He's not moving his feet. He's more scared than ever. He's more scared than when we watched him in his rookie fucking first game. In his first game last year, you came over and I saw good things. For those first five games, I saw good things. He looked like this resembles the player from junior, right? There's nothing. I cannot see a shred of that player. There's no confidence. He's playing like a scared little boy. Maybe the pressure's getting getting to him. There's no instinct out there whatsoever. He's not carrying the puck. He's deferring. He's deferring. He's deferring. He's not shooting the puck. It, it's you know he doesn't. He struggles with pace. The pace isn't there. The skating has not improved like it should have over the off season. The strength, the board battles, is something we really complained about last year in our, in our laugh tracks. You guys know this. We complained. We've been following this guy for years. The board battles aren't there, right? It's there's so much going on. There's nothing. There's no point in this season that I have seen him and been like, "That's the guy." I have hope again. I'm my passion is reignited. You know what I did today to torture myself? I watched old scouting videos. Our boy Yannick Saint Pierre off YouTube. Great follow, by the way. I watched old scouting videos and they're telling me this guy's this, this guy's that, and I see it. But it's, it hasn't showed up. It's not here. Like I don't know what else what else you can really do. I have a solution myself personally. No one seems to agree with me online. I don't know if you do, but this guy needs to be in the AHL. This guy he cannot be in this league. Like you you're not earning top minutes. When you do get top minutes, you're not doing anything with it. It's a confidence issue first and foremost. That can be solved in my mind go be a star in the AHL. Go be a, I know it's going to hit you at first. It's going to be a confidence dump. It's going to suck. You're going to be humiliated. I get it. But what's worse than this? There's no light right now. Like, he got a goal the other night, and he, it was a terrible game. I'm sorry. It was a terrible game. So I don't, see, I don't see the end in sight here. Like, it's not looking good. People are starting to adjust their projections. That's happening now. People are now like, oh, this guy might be a middle six forward. Can you believe that? Yeah. After all After we all went through? After comparing him to who's better, him or Byfield. Can you believe that? Yeah. And you're seeing guys around him in his draft class. Like Dawson Mercer looks like a fantastic mm. player. Mm. Where does that, how does that make sense? He wasn't even in the same stratosphere. And Dawson Mercer looks like a genius on the ice. I think he. Ne I think you're onto something. I think he needs to be uncomfortable. <clears throat> I think he needs to be put in an uncomfortable situation. No well, more New York. No more Madison Square Garden. No, no more exactly. nice condo. We're, <laughs> we're bringing you the AHL. Yes. You're going to play top minutes. You're not going to play nine minutes a night because Gerard Gallant's job's on the line every single night. And 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 and, and there's going to be no 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 pressure on the team success. Just you thrive. You be a star. Yes. Be what you have to be. Honestly, and, and they that, need that. I think that's probably the solution here. It just he's so far in. Like, is there precedent for a first round pick who stayed a whole year? No. And then and then thirteen games, fourteen games, and now he's. That's I've never heard of that. If if people are talking, if people are murmuring now, they're gonna murmur like crazy if that happens. That's why it's you almost feel like it's too late to do that. 
because it's gonna it's gonna create like a hell Caulfield, storm. a latest example, right? Sure, but sure. that's not even like Caulfield started no, in the yeah. A. He started in college, then the AHL. Exactly. Then my, he, exactly. it was he it was the proper progression, and yeah. despite being sent down, it's almost like it seems like it's okay, you know, because he's been right. there before. Maybe he just needs to be back, you know. Whereas laugh, it would be like it would be like there's no precedent. There just isn't. My. <laughs> The second big problem. So all that is one problem. The second big problem, I question what happened over the over the summer. I really do. I I looked up and down. On, I turned over every rock. What has this guy done over the summer? Because the what he should have done logically, you and I could have fucking figured this out. Hire the best skating coach in the fucking planet, and work on your skating all all summer. And then if you want to top it all off, maybe move out east to, to Nova Scotia to hang out with Sid and Nate and the boys. I didn't find him in any NHL training rink, any anything like that. I scour this kind of stuff all the time. So that has me questioning what were you doing over the summer, work ethic issues, whatever. It, so, something like that. And then you get to the problem of, okay, now you're struggling this year. We we're experiencing it, everything I've said. And you're still joking around in interviews and you're still being this happy laughing jokester you're still making funny noises at keandre miller as he's walking by and which i you know it's cute it's funny it's not time to be cute and funny anymore it's bad things aren't looking good right now you need to just become a professional i don't think he's a professional i really don't no like right now if if i were if he were a professional, he would have fucking locked right in to what he needed to do over the summer. You would have seen noticeable changes. And he he dropped the fuck... I, you can have fun, but drop the act. Mm. Don't make funny noises in the fucking interview. Like, drop the act. You know? It, Maybe I, that's why Gallant doesn't like him. Well, that's... A, does he... Does Gallant not like him? Is that is that now a reality? Well, when they the reporters are questioning him at interviews, yeah. he's yelling back at the reporters, he's deflecting. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he's trying to hide something. Maybe he is. And and Gallant went on the record to say, "Oh, kids don't develop in the bottom six. He kids kids need ice ice time to to develop." It's so it's laughable. He's now on with he's with Cheadle yeah. and Gautier. That was the line he started on last year to start the Correct. year. They Correct. called it the French Canadian line. Or no, no, they they were laughing because Lafreniere and Gauthier speak French and Cheadle yeah. didn't understand what yeah. the fuck they were saying. Those were the reports going into game one last year. Right. And it we've done a whole 360, a and, whole calendar year later. And Sammy Blay gets injured two games ago. I, I was going to ask, who replaces him? So it's Barkley Goudreau. Right. <laughs> it's like, so nothing, what's going to give here? Yeah. If, it's not the, if it's not the coach on the ice time, if it's not going to be like, okay, we're, you're going to figure it out? On the t- on the top power play in the top six, or nothing, or like right now you're in no man's land. You're in the bottom six and you're not performing. So where does what happens? What happens? Like it's 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 frustrating, man. I've already I dropped them in fantasy, which hurt like hell. And there's no hope. Like there's no hope in sight right now. Like f- show me a. Fl- I haven't seen a flash. I saw flashes in his rookie year. And and to be fair, lots of lots of people have been draft. I mean, dropping him. I mean, he started like seventy five seventy five percent owned, and now he now he's forty one. So he's on the brink of just being waiver fodder. You know, once you're in the thirties, that's basically what you are. So yeah, it's yeah. a it's a huge fall from grace. I can't say I'm surprised. 
How can you not be surprised? I'm not surprised. How can you not be surprised? I saw last year I was not impressed with this player in any way possible. But there, were there were flashes. flashes. There were flashes in the pan, yes. So you think that the next year you would see no, more flashes I, no. at least? Yeah, I, yeah, you'd think so. But it's you describing him because I haven't watched Rangers games. I can't put myself through that fucking misery. I'll watch tomorrow night because you'll be at the game. But like, like it's the same. Everything you say about deferring to the next guy, not skating hard enough. That's all I saw last year. It was a fucking theme over and over again. He'd make a nice little seam pass every so often, little thing like that, sure. But yeah. the it's, he's not my kind of player. And I, I realized that twenty games in last year, I dropped him. And I'm and I'm I'm at, like I'm sitting here in my high chair being like, Yeah, I'm not fucking surprised. What shit what you know I shed a tear today. You know that? <laughs> You know why? Because I watched the. You know what? Yeah. Did, have you you saw the Yannick St. Pierre or draft or dynasty? Yeah, loved him. You know what he said? This guy's gonna be Next an French Canadian, uh, Eichel yeah. Matthews level player. Yeah. He's gonna be Peter Forsberg yeah. two He's gonna be the next best French Canadian since Le Cavalier. That's just so disappointing. Yeah. It's unprecedented. It's, it's unprecedented. not over. It's not. It's over. not over. But like, things at the drastically change mm-hmm. like not just change a little bit but or maybe a change of scenery change. but when does that it's happen? almost it's so funny we were talking about what how how soon until he becomes captain of that team remember we had that conversation we're like yes we it's did. inevitable he's gonna yeah. get the c yeah and now it's like not in a fucking million years can i see that guy wearing the c for that team no. Because you have all these other elite guys who've stepped into like face of like Adam Fox. You know, that is the oh, face. He's the yeah. face. He's unbelievable. unbelievable. So he's not he's not part of that core. Yeah. And he's yeah. not going to be part of that core for the next few years here. You know, Zabanajad <sighs> re-signed. Panarin's there. Yeah. Fox is there. Kako's getting more minutes. He's playing in a top two role. Yeah. Strom's having a back bounce back year. Uh, right? Fuck. Kreider is playing like a fucking Mad MVP. Man. Yeah. Like he's an afterthought. I just listed oh. a, I just Keandre Miller is a more valuable commodity on the trade market. In See, I don't <laughs> agree there. I think the, the Maybe potential. Okay, maybe your maybe, maybe Keandre has already topped out and 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 laughs potentials there. But I'm just saying so far who's had a more seamless tra- oh. who's had a more seamless transition in the NHL it's Keandre. And I'll 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 go further. Every single other player. Like in terms of like when you talk about the word the the phrase translatable skills, mm. none of the tr- skills have translated. Mm. Zero. You know. You can see like that's the thing. It, it, who would have, like who would have, you can't make this shit up how can you guess this you know it doesn't make any sense to me but uh i mean he is the enigma for we call him yep. the enigma for a reason yep. maybe one day he becomes kucherov he's outdone himself maybe next year he's kucherov mm. you know who fucking knows with this fucking guy i, I just don't, don't know what uh, what's in that brain of his yeah no know. it's fascinating i'd love to know he is just such a quirk. Yep, and we're gonna such keep we're gonna keep following him on this segment. Yeah, um, we will have to unless he sent down. Hey, even if he sent down, you'll follow him. If he goes but. to the AHL, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> like, put, I'll put my hand up. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. The other thing, you know, Chris Drury. Mm-hmm. How much patience do you think this guy has for what he's seeing? Because 
if if I don't know much about Chris Drury, but what I do know is he probably does not like what he's seeing. This is not his player. This is not a New York Rangers type because he he's dainty. He's not good on board battles. This might not last like very long. He could be. No hmm. one said this. This is totally us speculating. Breaking news. No, I'm hmm. kidding. He could be out there on the market just very quietly. Like if you would approach me with a Rasmus Dahlin, who's making the deal? You know, would you take hmm. a Dahlin for a laugh? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. That's a tough fucking answer. But okay, we're gonna move on here. Sure. Do you want to fiddle with the thing, or are we gonna? I'll take it along. Here? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to move along here. Um, we love these on the show. I particularly, uh, first coaching firing of the year. Uh, it was only a matter of time seemed like given all the negativity coming out of, uh, Chicago, young Jeremy Colleton has been relieved of his duties in Chicago. Uh, terrible start to the season for them. Uh, they seemingly, it was a disaster. Seth Jones looked awful. Fleury looked awful. Uh, all the new additions just didn't come to fruition. There was obviously the scandal off the ice issue, but still the way they handled the, the way the team handled it was not great, including Carlton who spoke on the matter. Um, and yeah, needless to say, we're now in a, in a situation where he's been relieved of his duties. They've brought in the head coach from the Rockford, uh, AHL team. To, to replace him. Um, and, and, and Jeremy called in your first coach firing of the NHL. So was this just a matter of time? I mean, what, what, what was this just writing on the wall? Like, wh- how, what do you read on this? This was writing on the wall. Big time. Big time. I mean, uh, I believe they booed him in the in his yep. home building home on game one. Yep. Game one. Game one. So the, it was writing on the wall. And, uh, you know, I, I've been in many... Situate professional situations. I don't think I'd be able to do my best job if my own people were booing me mm. on game one. Like I don't blame the guy. I don't know why they turned on him so quickly. So so initially, uh, I know they had a, a tough year last year, but uh, yeah, it, it was writing on the wall. I'm not sure what else he could have done. I I I think they're picking it up a little bit, but you know the team's in flux right now. I don't really know what to make of them. They're they're turning over veterans like we saw. Duncan Keith is gone. What is Jonathan Taves anymore? Patrick Kane is still good. Kirby Doc has yet to become the star we thought he'd be. You don't know what you have here. I don't think they're ready to make any sort of push. I don't know what you're expecting. You went out and got Flurry and Seth Jones. You made a large bunch of splashes. I just don't know what you what you want out of it. And how can you blame this Jeremy Colleton guy? He, you know what the problem is? He he was the he was he came after one of the best coaches of all time. That's a tough job to do. It really is, and I feel for the guy. Hopefully we see him again, but we we may not. No, I don't think so. We and, may not. And and <laughs> it, yeah, it's tough. It, it sounds like the second uh the second Stan Bowman was gone. Mm. It was writing on the wall, you know? Sure. Like that was his guy. He was Stan's guy. Stan's yeah. kid, so to speak. And uh, once Stan was gone, no one was going to vouch for this guy anymore. Right. And then the booing from the fans, the ticket sales not going so well, his right. comments in the media post, you know, John Doe. Uh, and that famous moment where he calls a timeout and he hands the clipboard to the players. Right. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. whiteboard to the players. Yeah. Oh, 
That is a not classic. A good not a good Get look. me the fuck out of here moment. That is he amazing. He knew. Yeah, it's like he knew. He knew in that moment. So he's like, I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tough. That's hilarious. Yeah, really tough. I mean, part of me is like, I don't even know how he got that job. Like, I don't know where he came from, but that's why I don't think I don't we'll see. Either. I don't. I don't know if we'll see him again because, like, yeah. He has no resume. He has no success, you know? He's not mm-hmm. like one of these veterans like Bruce Boudreaux, you fire, and then he just takes over. Yeah, like you know, you know he's getting another job. Exactly. Just Jeremy guy. He doesn't He doesn't have clout. You kind of have a feeling Tortorella's getting another job yeah. relatively yeah. soon as well. And we can get to him later. If <laughs> oh, he, yeah. On the McDavid Oh, segment. I love that. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I want to fucking punch the guy in the <laughs> face. Fucking um, dick. Yeah. Stupid ass. Okay, let's yeah, let's just get there. Um, so McDavid has was it after or before the greatest goal of his career? It was after, right? The he comments. better hope so. Yeah. So so McDavid <laughs> he fucking hope McDavid so. puts on his best goal of his career. Do you disagree with that? I disagree. Oh, really? Okay. I disagree. My favorite McDavid goal is the Morgan Riley goal. Oh, yeah. I fucking that love great. that goal. In mm-hmm. Toronto, mm-hmm. in his in his hometown, just a makes completely, a, you've never seen a move like that. Makes a top 2D look like a dummy. Yep. An absolute clone. But in this case, he literally walked by four guys swatting their sticks yeah, at him yeah, and just yeah. fucking undressed all of them. Correct. And, correct. and and like I love watching it in slow motion because yeah. it, it's literally it's literally like those people at Shinny who are just slashing at your shins as, <laughs> yes. as you're coming in. You know, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. They're just slashing your shins. Exactly. It's like four guys trying to slash him or the puck simultaneously. And he's just fucking stick handling every single move in freeze frame is just perfect. Oh, and they're God. not fucking touching him. And yeah. and he gets around and then he finishes and then the reaction, famous amazing, reaction. It's yeah. a, it's a, it'll go down in folklore. You that know, should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there'll be yeah there'll be photos of that for sure. Like it's it's almost like Bobby Orr flying. Yeah, you know? yeah, it'll yeah, it'll be yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and once again, we marvel at why he's the best player in the league. So he puts on this amazing goal, and then and then Torts has the fucking you know cojones. To come out on ESPN, like his new favorite gig. He's now the hothead, Stephen A. Smith, on NHL. And and he's and he's and he's going off saying, This kid needs to shut up. <laughs> Just shut up already. <laughs> oh my god. And he's going off about, you know, how he how he how he doesn't, you know, how he doesn't he needs to play the right way. He doesn't play the right way in the playoffs. He's gonna have to transform his game. Uh what did you make of all that? I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away how you can have a media role and like you have the stone. Like this guy's got some stones on him. Because McDavid is not only did he score that goal, but he's having the best statistical career, like game, like season of his career. And we all know the documented honestly bullshit history of his his history in the playoffs in the last two years he's not he hadn't he didn't get a single call in two years in a row in the playoffs two years he didn't get a call against him that's baloney that is absolute garbage because the referees put the whistle away guys are riding his fucking back all over the place slashing doing all this stuff you're not allowing the best player in the world to be the best player and i think that's a problem 
I think it's a problem. And you, John Tortorella, are just telling McDavid to fucking man up. Like, that's essentially what he's saying. Man up and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, get fucking real. We don't... I want to see this goal in the playoffs. That's what I want to see as a fan, as 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 a as a fan of this game. That's what we need to see. Like, you need to... What if he made a statement about the league instead? Like, oh, you know what? I think the league needs to call the rules, you know? Like, what? How about, how about you say something like that? If you think Connor McDavid is doing anything fucking wrong in this life of his, you're fucked. You're fucked. This is, he's a gift from God. And I kid you not, I've said this on the show before, he's the most talented player to ever grace the world. He's No one's ever been more talented than this. I watched, like, when I got home from my interview, I watched a bunch of hockey highlights. That's how I unwind. I watched a top 25 McDavid moments. No one's fucking touching this guy in the history of the game. Nobody. So give me more of this guy. Give me deep playoff runs. I don't care what it costs to do it. It, made, it made me realize I, I need to start to take advantage of, of seeing him like live. We more. need to go. I, I, I thought that and exact it, same it, thing. Everyone's been talking about that. How like of all the teams in the league, which team you need to see live, it's like head above shoulders above oh beyond God. everyone else. It's Edmonton. Absolutely. And this, it, we gotta nothing's, do nothing's really plant like nothing's really screaming at me as far as like local fli- like local like weekend games close to us. But we gotta uh, do better. Yeah, we may have to fucking trek out there on a fucking Monday night. Going to the Erie Otters is not enough. Yeah. It's no, enough. no. Like he is no. he's like you can't live a life we've lived and not seen this guy live. Like so on you know, you can't do that. What's crazy is and again translatable skills insane he's better in the nhl than he ever was in the ohl that's insane i yeah they were that's and, insane. and, and I, I loved they were talking about it on uh on steve dangle podcast apparently when gretzky played <clears throat> in your fantasy pools you couldn't take gretzky in right. your fantasy pool because it would be like illegal. You'd win the league automatically <laughs> because he just he puts up so much more points than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And Dangle was complaining they should have the same thing on McDavid. Right. He should be banned from right. fantasy. Well, you no, are the commissioner. No one can own <laughs> McDavid. You can make that happen. I mean, huh? I still don't believe it because the guy who owns McDavid hasn't fucking made the playoffs. Which is <laughs> so <laughs> cringy, man. Parody, baby. How do those... Moops has dry sidle. Yeah unforgivable that you're mm-hmm. not in a top six position mm-hmm. unforgivable <laughs> you are nothing to me yeah <laughs> no it's- on. it's a cheat code man he is like honestly and i haven't i've to m- full fault of my own i haven't tuned into an edmonton game mm-hmm. live to watch this year it's a mistake what these guys are doing this year like we thought oh it's just the north division they're just lighting up the north division like matthew's no, like they're even better this year. It's insane. It's I'm blown it's away. It's crazy to I'm see Leon Dry. He's got more points than McDavid. Yeah, that's incredible. He's yeah. Oh, like he needs to be talked about almost almost in the same. Yeah, because he is absolutely incredible. He's got more well. points than McDavid, and it's like the point differential between them two and the rest of the league is like like you have a bunch of guys at 18, 19, 20, 21. And then you have them at 29 and 23. It's yeah. like, the yeah. fuck? And it makes you think, like, say Dreisaitl was in another market on any other team. Hmm. 
is he the same stratosphere player? And I'm not saying that, you know, he gets all his points off McDavid. I'm just saying that maybe talent and otherworldly talent helps bring out that in other players too. Like, I think the fact that they came up together really helped Dreisaitl. Like, Dreisaitl, if you move him onto another team today, he's still going to be Dreisaitl. Mm -hmm. But I think that is partly because of McDavid. Just mm -hmm. greatness breeds greatness, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. essentially. And Nugent Hopkins is having a brilliant year as well. He's like, it's just, a, it's a fan. Oh, Pool party. I would love Pool for party. Them. He's doing great too. Yeah. I'd love for the Edmonton Oilers Hyman to Hyman fits go like here. a glove. He does. He does. I, I'm even saying trade Dylan Holloway if you need to, <laughs> to solidify a great run this year. Do it. Bouchard. Yes. He's doing great. Mm. Get a goaltender, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, that's what get they're missing. Get a goaltender. I would trade Dylan Holloway to get a John Gibson. 100% mm. I would. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dylan yeah. Holloway in a first for John Gibson, I would do it. I would do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he has term. I'd like him to have term, but that's your guy. Go for it. That's That would be incredible. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been something. They've been the team to watch. And if you haven't been tuning in, you definitely got to start doing so. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And uh, moving on, our uh, last little segment here, unless we want to get into something else. But uh, I just want to briefly touch on uh, Shane Wright. Uh, last, uh, last episode, we, uh, we, we spoke about, you know, our, our experience, our, uh, you know, traveling to Ottawa, venturing out there being disappointed and he's recently you know really picked it up he he went from being a, a six points and six games guy to now basically having uh 18 points in 14 games you know so a little more respectable a little more what you expect out of a uh, out of a first round pick and and you look really recently since that game we went to where he was held pointless uh you know assist goal goal and assist two goals four assists the shot rate, seven shots, six shots, six shots, seven shots, six shot. It's all picking up. Face-off wins. He's, uh, you know, hovering more around 50%, so to speak. Um, what do you what do you think here? Is has he, has he finally found it? I haven't been watching the clips. I'm sure you have. Um, wh what's changed here? Um, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. That, that, that'll be my statement. Um, and I say that because, like... Generally, yes, I would be watching the clips if people were posting them. Like, they haven't been post-worthy clips. Uh, it just sounds like they've been pretty, pretty, you know, average run-of-the-mill kind of stuff. And what I'm seeing here is he, he's had, you know, an assist in each of the last two games, but he's been a minus two as well. So the, the shots are picking up. Things are getting a little bit better, but we're not out of the woods yet, Nick. Um from from all the accounts I've heard, is the OHL is is a little bit weak this year. Um, I I need to see more than eighteen points in fourteen games. Um, I need to see. I don't know why I haven't seen like oh here's a magical Shane Wright snipe this year. Like I haven't had that no. yet. You know, so he's got work to do. Like, and and he is part of the reason why I'm a little bit lower. Him and Brad Lambert have been a little bit disappointing for me in this 2022. Draft And those were the top two guys for me right from the beginning. Um, and it's just kind of like seeped a little bit of poison into the rest of the draft for me personally. 
So I need to see more from him for sure. Um, as of late, it's been a lot better for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I think he's kind of finding a stride a little bit. But uh, what, what's incredible, you know, I, I say eight and 14, 18 and 14 doesn't <clears throat> sound too bad. What's incredible is that, like, that's not even close to the league leaders. Like, if, wow. like I know, like, if you want to put some perspective on it, like, where mm-hmm. is the number one overall pick in the NHL upcoming NHL draft in OHL scoring? He's 10 points behind the, the leading scorer. Wow. Sasha Pastujov. Right. Of Guelph, who I've never fucking heard of. Right. So, he's, uh, you know, just to put them in perspective, Chromiak's got more points than him. Wow. You know, he doesn't even lead, he doesn't even lead his team in, in points. <clears throat> yeah. And obviously, that's got to change, right? Uh, like, uh, at this point, we, I'm already seeing a scouting service not have him number one. Yeah, that is re- recruits led, led by uh, Grant McCag, who's got Kemmel number mm. one, Joachim Kemmel. And who would have fucking saw that coming, right? Mm. So, you know, um, people are starting to wonder and, you know, it's... Um, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. I, I we, we need to see more see more games and and that kind of thing. But yeah, no, it uh, it's something we're gonna have to check in yep. on every single yeah. episode now. Yeah, and World sure. Juniors is gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. Like that is gonna be topic number one mm-hmm. of debate every mm-hmm. single game. He's gotta he's gotta show up. And maybe he'll have Byfield there to guide him. Yeah, no, that would be great if he can come back from his injury. That that would be wonderful. But then it won't be Shane Wright's World Junior team. <laughs> you know, it'll be True. it'll be the Byfield show. Well, I I don't know if I was reading this wrong, but I was uh, I was looking at a uh, Scott Wheeler's double IHF like projections. Yeah, he doesn't even have Shane Wright on his team. What are you talking about? Shane Wright's not even on his team. How's that possible? Are well, you sure it's from this year? I'm pretty sure. Come on. I'm telling you. I, Are I, you I, able to pull it up? Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull it up here. Um, I I'm pretty sure I'm not I'm not wrong about this. And I I was I was perusing. I'm like, what the hell? Why why isn't this guy on uh, on on the team? I find that incredibly incredibly hard hard to believe. Um. Let's see here. 2003. World Junior 2022 roster projections. Okay. Where the fuck is he? Oh. Oh my god. So I don't think you Oh my god. I don't think this whole narrative about Shane's team I don't know where you're getting this from. Well, if I can just play devil's advocate here, this is assuming that all these NHLers are going. Mm-hmm. Like you've you've got Jarvis, Sillinger, McTavish. I don't think those are stretches. They're not stretches. They're not stretches. But no, I, and here's the problem with the whole Shane thing. Like and he's a he's a Shane fanboy. This Wheeler, he loves him. So he, he's not, he's not doing this out of disrespect. Look at this team, though. This is a great team. Yeah. This is a great team. And I could not tell you who I would take off. From the center position, you can't take any of these guys off. I'm sorry. Like, what are you going to... But that's the problem. Like, 
what is Shane Wright? What is the 2022 draft? If you saw Mr. Bumhead himself laugh in the air, yeah, no, uh, win MVP in his in how his do, draft yeah, year. like how does if Shane Wright doesn't play on this iteration of Team Canada, when's he ever gonna play? Because if he's number one overall next year, he if won't. He plays in it, he won't. He won't. That's so bizarre. When it when is a first overall pick never played in the World Juniors? It's almost never happened. It happened with Tyler Sagan, but he was number two, right? And that so was he's really gonna go. rare. He's gonna go. He's got to go. He's going to be on the team. Yeah. Bar none. It's going yeah. to happen. Yeah. But he's going to go. I mean, Wheeler made... This is a statement from Wheeler. I don't know what kind of statement it is, but, uh, you know, even if you have to have him on your fourth line as Nathan McKinnon. Mm. McKinnon still went, but he played a fourth line role. Mm. Uh, he was a checker, essentially. So that is one of your odd... odd oh, yeah examples and in that same year drew and made the team as well and he was a top six so it's weird but like shane should be on that team i think he will be on that team from like a hockey canada honor system alone but is he earning the spot i don't know man i don't know if he is mm-hmm. and is Connor bedard gonna be on the team he's gotten off to a slow start too mm-hmm but yeah, fascinating questions that are going to need to be answered in the next uh, month yeah. or so here, for sure. Where's the camp this year? Out west, right? I assume. Yeah, it's an Edmonton. That's a shame. Edmonton kind of deal. So there'll be no use snooping, oh, snooping up to Oakville. That to... was so, fun. <laughs> so fun. My God. My okay. God. Well, with that, uh, you have any uh, any any last segment here before uh, we close out the show? Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly touch on that that Bowen Byram piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new Bowen Byram article in The Athletic. I highly recommend you guys check it out. I apologize I don't remember the author, uh, but it essentially outlines... Let me guess, verbal abuse from Nathan McKinnon and why it's making him depressed? Bingo. That's why he's out of the lineup. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it is all about his really legitimately difficult struggles that he's had with injuries concussions and and covid amongst other things like this guy has just been as he his own quoted words a walking corpse in the last two years Mm. it's it's absolutely outstanding that he's even played this year Uh, and he's out again unfortunately with uh, with an elbow to the head so it's been a tough road for for bowen byram uh, he's looked amazing. Yeah, six points in nine games. He's, he's looked amazing in, in the games he has been in. But uh, basically, it got to it got to such a point that him and his dad had to take a ten day wilderness excursion in the Yukon to hunt and fish for their own food. Why? Um, like, why did they do this? Just to unwind, <laughs> to unplug. The concussion was so like, affecting him so much he just needed to get yeah, away. Yeah, like he like he couldn't work out. He had no energy. He wasn't himself. So he had to go out and uh, on this wilderness excursion. And when he got back, he was like, I'm better. And he was better. It was, it's, it was a, it's a crazy story. Um, but now he's running into more issues. And, you know, it sucks because he's looked so good. He's looked so good in the time we've seen him. I just hope he gets back uh, to being himself because there's a lot of promise there. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a read. It, it caught caught my eye for sure. There's even a photo of him sitting in the in this field in the Yukon, and you're like, "Oh, this is Lord of the Rings." When and when did they do this camping? Late summer. Oh, okay. So he's yeah. still he's still a sus sus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. November camping for no, uh, for no. Bow and Byram. No, but they're 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 serious. They like mm. catch their own fish. Like they don't bring food. They just right. catch their own food. Crazy. No, that's good. Good stuff. Yeah. High character. Yeah. 
Very high. Yeah. Very like when once this guy like hits the ground and he's running, mm-hmm. he's gonna be big time on the radar. Even though Nathan doesn't, him and Nathan don't get along so well. Actually, uh, another piece of the story: McKinnon had paid for McKinnon's personal n- neurologist to work with Bowen Byram. Mm-hmm. So it's another, it's a leadership move right there. Nice. He's like, see my guy. I'm gonna pay for it. Uh, he'll help you out. He'll help you get better. And he, uh, by the story as it goes, he he really did help. So, a uh, little bit of a good guy thing one, to do. One there. last thing, it's uh, I want to get into this next episode because it'll be U.S. Thanksgiving and we can do a rundown of, you know, who's disappointing, who's not disappointing mm. as far as teams. But uh, what's going on with Colorado? Why why have they kind of had a middling start uh, so far? Um. First of all, two games above 500, not very good. I want to start by saying uh, I'm there's zero level of concern. It's at zero for me. Second of all, they're a team religiously played plagued by injuries. That's playing a factor as well. Um, They're getting used to a new goalie in a sense, and you know what? They're just they're just they're just getting used to things. I mean, I'm not I'm not too worried at all. It's just. They're just getting into the into the swing of things. Again, zero level of concern. Um, their defense has been a little shakier than normal. Gerard got off to a really slow start. Makar's been in and out of the lineup like crazy. Um, so once he picks it up, you know he hasn't been quite himself as of yet. Um, then they'll they'll be fine. And the goalie hasn't been great. He's been less than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Like he. I thought he would be like, oh, this guy's bona fide Team Canada material, nine twenty save percentage, and he really hasn't been. He's been very average. He's been average starter uh, quality, but uh, no, it'll, it'll it'll figure itself out. They do need forward help, in my opinion. Like Newhook isn't ready to be that guy that's bona fide second line guy yet. Kadri's been playing really well lately, but in my mind, you need another stud forward to solidify your second line, your middle six. Um, they're missing that. They need to get that. And once they do, I think they're a full and complete team. But now you bring up the whole Vegas thing with Eichel. Vegas at full strength versus Colorado. Mm-hmm. I worry. I really do. Now I do officially say that Colorado needs some serious help. Wow. Because they couldn't okay. get by him last year. Now yeah. they've got Eichel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They've got Eichel and not much else has changed for them. So mm-hmm. you're going to need to figure... Like, Joe Sack has got to do some work here. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll leave it on that note as we tease, uh, you know, next episode where we'll get into more big picture evaluations as, as to teams that have gotten off to hot starts, cold starts, stuff like mm-hmm. that. U.S. Thanksgiving, always the first kind of evaluative benchmark. And, of course, we'll hear from your review of the Air Canada Centre. Oh, so Scotiabank excited. Arena. How, when's the last time you've been to a game? There. Fuck him. Probably f- four years ago with Braden. With Braden, I was uh, Toronto, Arizona. Okay. It's terrible. Dud. Terrible. It went to overtime, though. Okay. It was a bla- Overtime was a blast, but we were in the nosebleeds. So who was on that? Was that like the Austin Matthews rookie year? So it was around that, yeah. It was a time when Braden was gaga for Matthews and Nylander and all these guys. So this will be your second time seeing this new look Leafs live in a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but again, I'll be I'll be focused in on the Rangers. I know, you know, but yeah, like my warm up will be Rangers. Warm-up. Rangers end, yeah, and that's great. Everyone but no, will, it'll everyone be will be in the Leafs end. So it'll be I mean, a spectacle for sure. I, again, yeah. I don't know where the seats are. I don't know if you can shine some light on that, but uh, uh, I think 
low, like low, like front row, like lowest, uh, two hundred level. No way. Yeah. Fuck. So you're like in that. You're kind of in that box area, but you're in the lowest level. I think. I don't know where, but yeah. I wow. think. I think it's Reds. I think they call those the Reds. Wow. But I don't fucking know. I don't go to those games. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I am thrilled. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll wait to hear the review. The in-game yeah. experience is it better than Ottawa? Ooh. And uh, you know, do they have a Pierre Diorion throwing out shirts, fucking stripping <laughs> every uh, every every segment? I don't know. Oh boy. But uh, yeah, we'll wait to hear about that. And uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed season four, episode four of the Ring Cruise podcast. Um, we'll have a clip on YouTube hopefully for you all to tune in. Thank you for all the support. We got a lot of uh, lots of views in our last video thank about you. the uh, the Taves rant, so thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, keep it coming, uh, keep the love coming, and uh, and we'll keep the content coming. So, until next time, thank you for tuning in once again. And uh, yeah, Rink Moose is signing off. <laughs>